Hey, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your role at HubSpot. And, uh, you know, I know you are kind of an aqua hire and a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So um, my background, I have a weird background. I, uh, I studied music in college. Um, and upon graduation, you know, they actually apologized to the parents in the audience um, for, for the uselessness of, of the degree and the education. But I also did some computer science while I was there, uh, which okay. turned out to be uh, marginally more, more useful. There, uh, there is actually a lot of overlap with musicians and computer science, and we can talk about that a little bit later. I would love to, actually. I, I, totally. That's, that's kind of how I got into product. Okay. Um, so I, I did a bunch of random things and um, uh, ended up actually getting a job as a marketer, really falling in love with marketing. That was kind of my first cube job, um, you know, doing Excel spreadsheets and automating that stuff and dealing with web analytics and email marketing, affiliate marketing, all that kind of stuff. And I, like, I loved it. I loved the messaging and the, and the game of kind of customer acquisition and all that was, was super fun. Um, and I came across a, a product that was really just in, in stealth, and I kind of watched it as they were in the stealth mode and, uh, and then actually started using it when they were in beta, and this, this was this really great product called Performable. Right. Um, and they, uh, their, their mission, uh, David Cancel is the CEO and founder, and his mission was air traffic control for marketing. Which I just thought was the coolest thing in the world, um, and you know I'm I'm doing marketing, I'm doing product, I have a million different apps, a million different things going on, right. and uh, and here was this mission mm -hmm. um, that I found very appealing. And the early version of the product I used, uh, and I you know would sit there, as the the team at that time will will confirm, just kind of hammering support tickets in, um, and uh, eventually they eventually they had to hire me to start resolving my own tickets. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so, so really quickly here, cool. so is this sort of a dashboard of all the key metrics for marketing and for product? So performable was um, was uh, the, the first product. It was three things. By the time we were acquired by HubSpot, um, it was really three uh, uh, three things. It was a landing page CMS with very strong A-B testing capabilities, and it was very designer friendly. Okay. All that stuff is carried over into HubSpot now. Um, really powerful analytics event-based analytics, web analytics for marketers. So you could do all kinds of neat things, like take your iPhone app and integrate it with your website and have a unified picture of the customer across platforms, um, which was which was novel um, and in many ways still is, is kind of novel. You can do all that stuff in HubSpot now. Um, and marketing automation, um, I kind of hesitate to use that that term. It was a, we, were, we were going after automation and going after this idea of can you take these events and use them to create actions for the marketer and actions that are automated right. and and that kind of brought us glancingly uh, up against some marketing automation folks in one sense and then after uh, being acquired by, by HubSpot um, it did a lot of that and built the, the workflows uh, part of, of HubSpot which is if people ask us about marketing automation you know it's 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 really not necessarily what we're trying to do. We're really after marketing and transformation, um, but certainly that that whole part of the vision of, of automated actions has has lived on, uh, with a strong focus on on email and segmentation. So, so how so, big was the team when it got acquired? Do you remember? There were 18 of us, um, if I recall correctly, 17 or 18, including the sales team. Okay. Uh, everybody came over, and um, you know most of us are still here. How does that feel, man? Uh, how long has it been? Uh, let's see, it's been about two and a half years. Okay. So it was June. It was June two years ago, June 2011, um, and it's it's been a really fun time. So we got here and we rounded out 
I don't know, maybe we were employees up to between 220 and 240 or something like that, okay. and we just crossed the 600 mark know, um, a little over are, two years I later. HubSpot's growing like a weed right now. Yeah, it's it's growing really fast. Uh, it's it's crazy to see the the new hire class come in at the first week of every month. Um, growing really fast, uh, adding about forty people a, a month right now. Wow, that's great. It's great that you're still there. So a lot of times after acqui- uh, acquisition, you know, the team doesn't always stay more than that's a couple right. of years. Yeah. So they you know get tired of it after a while. We're just kind of warming up. I mean, this is a huge space and a huge mission. Um, so just, just and, so uh, for people yeah. that don't know, would you say HubSpot's big market now is just really the small business SMB and just doing marketing automation for those folks? Is that, am I getting that right? I know I'm oversimplifying. Uh, well, SMB is a, is, a, is a great term. I mean, SMB to Intuit is something different than SMB to Oracle. Um, right. We probably sell... In between those two, in between those two ends, you know, our our uh, high-end products, our enterprise product, has a great fit with marketing teams that are, you know, ten people, fifteen people. Um, so, are we selling to the Fortune 50? Absolutely not. Um, maybe maybe a division within them, um, gotcha. for sure. But our sweet spot, uh, we definitely started with, um, you know, the owner-operator folks, and have grown. Um, into the 200 employee to 1,000 employee kind of area. So, oh, yeah, awesome. I think a lot of folks would call that SMB, but it's not all owner operator right, right now, for sure. Right, right, right. So, what is your role? I mean, now that we got a little bit of background, what is your role now at HubSpot? Sure. So, I, I work on the product team. Um, really, really great product team. There are about 100 of us in the R&D group. That's the the whole product and engineering and design team. Um, and just some awesome teams within that. So Josh Porter's user experience group uh, leads design, user testing, all that kind of stuff. He has a team right. of, of really of and, many and, of the best designers. And of designers course, uh, Josh Porter is really well known in the UX community. He's written a book or two, and yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. So he's 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 a leader there. And then uh, there are a bunch of um, a bunch of product managers, maybe eight eight or ten of us. Um, and uh, and and then we work with the engineering team. I think we have maybe 65 engineers. Um, so, and, and really, very, very strong engineering team at this point. Um, there's been a great kind of snowball effect as uh, as folks have come here and kind of brought some of their best friends that they've worked with um, and so forth. So, yeah. it's it's actually a very very strong team. We have small teams. Um, so, a PM will work with you know maybe two development teams that are a tech lead. And then a couple of uh, software engineers as well, and then the the UX folks come in and, and help us with design and, and user testing and so forth. So, wow. very very flat organization. Um, we're taking over sort of the, the first floor of this big building that that HubSpot's in. Gotcha. Um, well, and you know, so, so uh, really yeah, yeah. briefly, not to cut you off, Christopher. I, I you know a lot of the people that watch this are kind of the smaller one man operations, small teams, and we really want to try to keep this interview focused on. Uh, talking to them and and figuring out how we can get them more customers. What's working for customer acquisition that you've seen from your own customers and even maybe even at HubSpot themselves. Um, yeah, so if, we can, if we can go into that a little bit, what, I mean, what are the big channels that that you see working for for people out there? Uh, definitely search engine optimization. Um, I like what's happened with SEO. I mean, my take on it. Um, I won't speak for HubSpot, but just my take on it is that. Sure. Um, it, you know, it, it's less of an analytics and kind of uh, optimization and, and kind of game world where you have to focus on on SEO and, and all of the different ins and outs of, 
of that kind of black art. Right. And it's more now just writing. Gotcha. Okay, so, so you're saying stuff. it's less about the black hat sort of trick of the month, and now it's all about really high-quality content? Am I getting that right? I think it's I think it's always been about that. I think that it's just more obvious now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's harder to see, you know, down to the keyword level with um, Secure Search. It's... It's basically, I think, pushing people in a really good direction. Matt Cutts has always said, hey, you know, build a website that, that answers people's questions and Google will reward you with really good rankings. Um, and, and so I think that everything that they've done has, has you know, more or less pushed people in that direction. So, uh, so you know, blogging is still, is still number one. Um, I, I think the biggest, I won't say mistake, but and especially for folks who are, who are owner-operators, um, is not having any reason for anybody to fill out a form on your website. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the different ways that you, that you drive traffic, I mean, you have all of these different channels to drive traffic. Now, they have to have some reason to come to the site. So you have to have some content program. It doesn't matter how big or small you are. Um, you have to have some, you know, something there that's a reason for people to get there. Um, and then you need a reason for them to, to fill out their information with you. Okay. So, uh, so you're talking okay. editorial calendar for sure, or at least some sort of publishing schedule, and obviously some sort of lead gen form. Some sort of offer, yeah, exactly. You know, the form is, is a big piece of it, and, and um, people ask these questions all the time, well, what information should I ask for on the form and everything? And, and you know, Darmesh Shah has a great heuristic for this, which is basically focus on the offer and have an offer that is good enough that you could charge money for it, mm. right? So if it's an ebook or it's a tutorial or you know a Photoshop download or something, um, just make sure that it is something that you would, with a straight face, charge somebody five dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars for, right. and yeah. that's how you get the the kind of landing page conversion. I mean, at HubSpot, our landing pages convert, and I'm not joking at all, consistently over 50%, in many cases over 70%. Wow. Um, with, with a big, you know, big honking form that, that our sales team loves that with the 13 fields on it. Right, right. Um, and, uh, and it can, I mean, I've seen it. Right, you know what, I, Je I, Jeff, let's pull, let's pull up one of their landing pages. I want to see this honking form. So Jeff's got on the <laughs> No, on the it, gets, it gets smaller as, it gets smaller as we know more and more about you. That, okay. That's a very important That's piece, cool. But. All right. So okay. give us an example. Where should we go to see a landing page here? Uh, if you go to the blog, at the bottom of any of the blog articles, you're going to see. So I guess we can go to. Oh, that's yeah, the, go here. There we go. Yeah, exactly. So let's click on one of those. Yeah. So typically, at the bottom, you're going to see a, a call to action. Okay, so we've got some good images and. Uh, like Perfect. What you read. Okay, download your guide. Okay, here we go. And this is important, is that you're showing them in that big call to action, you're showing them exactly what they're going to get and exactly what they're going to see on the next page. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. go ahead and click yeah, so Download Your Guide. Here we go. Engaging young donors online with inbound marketing. Okay, so we got a pretty simple sort of uh, two-column layout here. And you got a graphic with the free guide, and then we've got the uh, download the guide now. And I'm assuming you guys have been doing this for a while. You've tested this layout. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there, you mentioned a 13-field form. That's quite a lot of uh, stuff to be asking from someone to type in, right? You're getting their company name, URL, and a couple drop-down options, a little mini quiz. Well, exactly. And, and uh, I think the way to determine whether it's a lot that you're asking or not, it's the heuristic is really is what you're asking commensurate with what you're offering them. 
the, so the higher value your offer is, the more you can ask ask for them. Um, and and this here, you know, this is a browser clearly that, that hasn't filled out one of these forms. Once you you know once you filled out these forms, um, HubSpot, uh, the the content optimization system that you're looking at here, uh, will will reduce the fields and stuff. So. Oh, okay, um, great. Yeah, and only ask you ask you what you want. Yeah, but all our templates are optimized for conversion and uh, optimized also for for uh, uh, for mobile viewing, okay. which is which is actually less common than you'd think in, in this kind of product. No, I completely agree. So so just tell us really briefly here, like in terms of the editorial schedule, content length. How do you just uh, for those that may not know, what what do you do? Like, how do you start coming up with the titles and the keywords to try to get that search traffic. Do you do any of the keyword research before you come up with the titles? Yeah, and, and this isn't something that I've done a lot of here, so I have to sort of say the caveat here that I, I won't speak for the marketing department. But yes, exactly. You want to do the you want to do some keyword research, and from that keyword research, basically, you know what you're doing is is you're figuring out the questions people are asking on Google. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great place to start. Yeah, exactly. The intentions. And from those, you know, again, my, my take on SEO is not to be, not to try to over, you know, scientist the whole thing and, and, and just basically look at the keywords and say, okay, great, what, how can I answer some of these questions? And then absolutely put together a spreadsheet and, and come up with an editorial calendar um, and post as often as you can. I mean, there's, there's really no... Uh, I don't think there's an ideal amount. Um, we've learned that you definitely can't post too much. Okay, gotcha. So you would say even one a day or one every couple of days is, is good? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you can post once a week, I mean, heck, I mean, if, if, if our customers are posting once a week, they're generating leads and it has a huge impact on their business. Gotcha. And, and do you have any kind of um, like a editorial length? Like I noticed that article that we looked at looked pretty long. I mean, you were scrolling down a couple of screens there. What? What, what kind of word count are we looking at? 500, 700, 200? It seems to be the case that longer form content is doing better. It does better on social media. It does better uh, in terms of link building. Um, and it ultimately does better in search as, re as a result. Okay. So if you're, you know, uh, if you're saying, okay, maybe I can spend X hours a week posting blog content, um, and that X is, let's say, you can do half. You can do one morning uh, a week. You can spend blogging. You might spend that just writing one post, or even writing a post every two weeks. That is likely to become the authoritative, um, you know, uh, source on whatever that that question back to the keywords um, is. You know, you're you're better with more. You know, with 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 more doubles than trying to get you know a, a ton of singles, basically. Mm. I see what you're saying. Okay. So better at, to have at the same time. At the same time, posting lots of short content isn't bad, but you're likely to you're likely to have um, better luck with with an ongoing evergreen kind of post that generates a decent amount of traffic for a long time, right. um, with a longer form piece of content. And would you recommend after each one of these blog posts, I know generally speaking most people have like a comment box or discuss or whatever, to have that sort of lead gen box where you've got download your free guide and literally try to figure out ways to get people to, to uh, give up their email by offering them something for a download? Yeah, I, I, this, uh, this kind of play here where at the bottom of the post you have a, a nice big call to action that shows what they're going to get okay. is, uh, is, is pretty hard to beat. Um, the other option there is to actually have the form embedded, um, uh -huh. 
we we just we've A/B tested it. We really like this combination of getting the click and then showing more information before having the, the larger form. That works great for our business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen businesses where all they want is email address and company name or first name and, and email address or something like that. Right. Um, and then you might want to put that right in line on the blog and save someone a click. Gotcha. Um, you, you want people to have a very, back to that kind of UX standpoint, you, you want to have a pretty clear picture as a reader of what you're getting. Hmm. You know, think about creating that urgency, like, ooh, I want that. Right. You know, so that's why this ebook is is all kind of you know nicely displayed as an ebook and and almost like a physical thing that you can get. Right. Um, yeah, and, and you've got it right at the bottom of the blog post, like you mentioned, Amul, where like the comments would be typically that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how do you guys feel about all the uh, the pop-ups and all the other trickier, more aggressive ways that we've seen on other blogs to, to capture people's email? They're really cool. Um, maybe th- so. There's an amazing post about that. Uh, a guy named Brian Balfour wrote, um, mm-hmm. and we can maybe oh, yeah. in post or something. You can you can find the the URL, or we can find it and edit it. Into yeah. The, oh, into we sure do know of Brian Balfour. That's we had him on actually not too long ago. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. And, and he A/B tested a few things on a blog post that was getting a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe and. Uh, Geez, I, if I'm if I'm wrong, it's going to be obvious that I'm wrong. But um, he he tried. I thought it was cool. A break in the middle of the content, where he just uh. said in plain English, he said, "Geez, you know, if you got this far in the article, <laughs> uh, you probably want to read my other articles." And there was just a little email sign up box right there. And I believe that that one did the best, but I, I I'm not entirely sure. Gotcha. Um, it's gotcha. worth testing. Is the short answer. Gotcha. Um, you know, it, 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 doing some sort of interstitial as people come to the site can be really good. I know Neil Patel uh, from QuickSprout has also done a lot of testing on this, and right. he has a big honking yeah, yeah. interstitial, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, almost like infomercial style, right. you know, get this SEO course and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of joking about it, but I'm sure that thing kills. I'm sure it just, yeah. I'm sure he's getting, you know, 20, 40% conversion on that thing for, for new visitors. So, and, and you know um, what? My, my gut tells me when some of the WordPress plugins or whatever CMSs are out there, some of the pop-ups show up right when you get to the site or right when you load the page. And that tends, I, in my, at least for me, I tend to just close that. But with Neil's, you scroll down about you know a few pages down, then it comes up. And I think those are a little bit more effective, in my opinion. Yeah, that's probably smart. I, I like the ones... Um, you know, it was New York Times, I think, started doing it. With and then there's WordPress plugins and so forth. So you get to the bottom of the article, and then it pops out from the side with, yeah. with more content. Yeah. I think that kind of that kind of stuff is cool. Like it responding to to what the user is doing and the fact mm-hmm. that they've completed that content and now they're ready for the next thing is is, is neat. Gotcha. Okay. So what is a good mindset to be in? Yeah, where the user's kind of point of view is. But even stuff like Hello Bar that comes down from the top, you know, yep. and it's just right at the top. Yeah. See a lot um, of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, if if you don't have a ton of time to do an offer, um, you know, it's all you can do is is to get a blog post out a week. That's fine. Don't forget to have some kind of email capture there. And the Hello Bar type stuff is is really good for that, right? I mean, it's it's at least a chance. It's a yeah. shot on goal right. to, uh, to to capture the email address. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just curious how I you know HubSpot has made their name in content marketing and inbound. So clearly you guys are all about blogging and creating content. But what uh, what are the how often do you guys publish over there, and what kind of numbers in terms of inbounds are you guys getting? Um, 
Jeez, I mean, how many times a day do we blog? Yeah. Uh, several, several times a day. Several times oh. a day. See, I see. I'm assuming you have several people. That's that's just their job is blogging. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. And are these and, people uh, are these people in in house? Sorry, not to interrupt you. Are they in house or do you, uh, do you look for ghostwriters elsewhere? We have some, um, uh, you know, guest bloggers from time to time. But all these that you're seeing here, Ginny and Dan and uh, and Taylor, you know, these are all. So Taylor, for example, she's she's on the nonprofit um, kind of sales pod. So she works with um, the the nonprofit team, mm -hmm. and and is blogging and doing you know all this marketing stuff. And and she's kind of closely aligned with the customer segment. So that's very typical. Um, of, of our marketing is to be very uh, segment focused, right. mm, um, yeah. and that reflects into into the blog. I, I know that everybody you know is sort of welcome to uh, to blog, and, and they're always looking always looking for content. There was a post there from our VP of Sales uh, today. Today is the launch of a, a sales blog that we have, so we're actually wow. um, launching more blogs and, and doubling down and even going going further with with content. Uh, and then in terms of in terms yeah, of the, inbound, the yeah. Um, between forty and sixty thousand uh, net new leads a month. Wow! So these are people filling out that form, downloading that ebook or guide or whatever for the first time. Yeah. Wow, that oh, is wow. awesome. And then we have, <laughs> and then we have, you know, Signals users. You can see that's the product that I'm I'm working on now. Uh, GetSignals.com is is my plug. Mm -hmm. um, but we have Signals users that aren't counted in that. We have Marketing Grader users that aren't counted in that. Um, so it's it's a there's a pretty big reach month month over month. I tell I have to say uh, this is uh, that's that's a huge number. And for startups out there that are looking for a win, you're saying maybe instead of CPC and display and all these other channels, start blogging and start blogging regularly. Would you say? Oh, there's no question. I mean, it's it, just to have one offer. If this is heresy in, in, in a sense because we do you know we do encourage people to have you know try to do an offer a quarter or an offer a month and we certainly you can see we have offers every day okay. um, but you if you have one good offer it will yeah. generate leads for you for five years and when you say yeah. offer you're talking about that downloadable in exchange for the email totally um, it, but offers can be anything offers can be um, you know, schedule a time to meet and get a free assessment of your such and such. You yeah, know? yeah, what are some other good examples yeah. for startups? I mean, like, uh, most offers in my mind are like a PDF with, you know, it's like kind of like my best blog post or something, but what other creative ideas aren't we thinking of yet? Yeah, definitely. Well, think of it this way. If you're a startup and you're willing to take a 15-minute coffee meeting with somebody who might be great for customer development or great for as a sales lead or something like that, you know, why not let them book time on your calendar? Yeah, wow. You know, uh, use good. O hours or, you know, one of those other kinds of things. You know, office hours is a great offer. Why not? You know, hey, I have office hours. If somebody yeah. wants to book 15 minutes and just do a talk, great. Right. You know, so uh, so that's a really good one. Ebooks are good. I mean, listen, an ebook can be um, a, just a, a packaged up collection of your best blog posts with some nice art and some nice layout. 2,500 words, you know, 2,500 words, it's an English paper, right. you know, it's like a high school or college English paper, I mean, so, you know, we, we ought to be able to get one of those done, you know, <laughs> on, on the kind of topic that you work on every day. Right. And just a, uh, the title is really important, um, something catchy, something good, uh, that's kind of a, a more traditional one. Obviously, demos, trials, remember that those are offers as well. 
Mm. Um, so if you're asking someone to sign up for, for your product, um, I know uh, you guys had Brendan from Wistia on. I, mm-hmm. I talk to those guys all the time about kind of offer strategy and top of the funnel versus bottom of the funnel offers. So for those guys, you know, they're going to have an offer which is, um, you know, get access to this special video content that we have. And that's just a top of the funnel offer where I fill it out and then I get, you know, a new video every day for a week that's bringing me up to speed on video marketing. Well, that's great for someone just coming in the door who may not even be doing video marketing yet or have a video. And so they're going to go with that offer before they go with the offer to sign up for a trial for video hosting software that you can't use unless you have a video, right? right so yeah, like that's a, right. that's a perfect example of just trying to tune what you're offering somebody. Um, but think about what you'd offer them in real life. I mean, think about offering them your time is, is, uh, is a pretty good place to start, especially for you know, founders and early stage folks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I hadn't really thought of that off the top of my head, but how valuable for both parties, right? Because you're trying to figure out these customers, uh, something we talk about a lot on the show, doing the customer yeah. development. And if you can get them to kind of call you, it's, you're hitting two birds with one stone almost. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So you can do these these assessments. So we do an inbound marketing assessment. Now, admittedly, our, ours is, pretty, is really an assessment, and we really kind of know what's up with the business. Um, but it's also, you know, it's part of the sales process and a great way to figure out if there's a fit. But think yeah. about whatever your product or service is, um, especially if, if, if some of the folks watching this are, are web app creators and designers and, and founders. Yeah, you know, th- think about, I, I'm kind of from that East Coast sales and marketing B2B software kind of world, um, and so I think about that stuff a lot, but I believe most apps in that category could originally be um, services rendered with, you know, a uh, smart caffeinated person and Excel and a phone. Huh. You know what I mean? It's really so lo-fi. It, Keep it super lo-fi. I like that. Way lo-fi. I mean, we, you know, very, very ghetto. Very, okay. very manual. Fake it till it. you make it. I love it. Um, because if you can't do something, like if you can't answer a question, like, hey, I'm going to send you this email every day with this information in it if you pay me. And if somebody's willing to pay you for that information and you can, you know, go grind out that information and put together little charts and all the rest of that, uh, chances are that, that you can automate that. Right. You know what I mean? And chances are if you can create a daily email that people open and like and will miss if you don't send it to them, right. then you're in a really good position for, for like a full web app. I love that. I, I, is there a specific example that you're drawing from here or are you just, is this something you've read elsewhere? Oh, man. I mean, there are tons. Uh one that I like is, um, and I don't know, I don't think anybody knows how to pronounce this freaking thing, but Newsle or Newsly. Newsly, okay. Uh, you know, it, it, it's newsle.com. Okay. Um, and they have this whole product, right? They have this whole web app and this scraper and, like, all this cool shit. And then they, but the, but the main thing that they're trying to get you to sign up for is a daily email right. with news articles about people that maybe you're connected to on Facebook or through email or whatever. Gotcha. And it's mm-hmm. super simple. But that thing, like, you just keep scraping at it and scratching at it, and it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and that's actually a cool, uh, actually, that's a great example of the offer being the product. But the offer, again, is like a very top-of-the-funnel offer. Hey, connect with Facebook. Right. And then we're going to give you this value every day. It's right. pretty cool. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. So with signals actually because it's up there and yeah and yeah fun. let's talk you about know. that because I know this is kind of like uh, some product that you're working on uh, so tell us a little bit briefly what signals is and and your role yeah so um, 
we're thinking about uh, sort of the consumer space, thinking about consumer apps that can be useful for salespeople and sales teams, mm -hmm. and um, and also actually talking about how we can have a very very light product offer um, where people just install, uh, in this case, a Chrome extension, and then automatically get benefit from it without having to do anything else. Okay. And again, as you get to know signals, okay, uh, you're going to see an enormous amount of functionality. But the basic, uh, the basic premise is, um, if you use Gmail or you use Outlook, install this Chrome extension, and it will show you when people are opening your emails and clicking links in your emails. Gotcha. Um, and it's really simple. We've made a big investment in just that one notification feature being spectacularly good. We show you people's faces. We show you company logos. Um, we integrate with Salesforce beautifully. Um, we have a beautiful Outlook uh, extension. Um, and, uh, and if you happen to be integrated with HubSpot, uh, then you can see when your sales leads are back on your website. Hmm. So it's super, super cool, super lightweight integration there. It's an easy product to understand, and it's a great way for us to, you know, to have these customer conversations about, you know, how can we transform uh, the day-to-day -day life of, you know, maybe a sales rep or a CEO or an owner-operator or a founder. So, Chris, um, and, uh, really yeah. quick here. So, I, you know, there's several startups that are kind of doing a little bit of what you're, what I'm seeing here. Why do you guys want to go after this market? Have you, did you, are you just listening to your own customer base and they're saying, you know, we don't know if people are opening these emails. Why go after this? Uh, we're not going after this because people are saying that they want to see when people open their emails. It, it, you know, this is really the... Uh, the faster horse thing. It would be it would be easy for us to only do what our customers are asking us for, um, and and we will. You know, we'll keep building an amazing uh, marketing platform, all-in-one marketing platform. This is an opportunity for us to start over in a very very lightweight way um, and and explore a whole new way of thinking about uh, you know the work life experience was this uh, uh, so yeah. so again uh, you know we actually have interviewed uh, uh, the founder of, of um, yesware and uh, some of this uh, ha I see some overlap there why go after this market I'm sure you guys did your little bit of a due diligence and thought hey you know there's actually some players there uh, so yeah can you do you know I don't think there's a, I mean I wouldn't say first of all I love those guys they're awesome they're you know they're they're in town um, we know them. They're they're a great team. They're growing like a weed, yes, and that's yeah. awesome. You know, that's fantastic. I, I don't think there's a market that we're going after. Um, they have a great app. They don't really come up in our conversations, to be honest. I mean, this is an entirely wild west space that okay. of sales productivity. Okay. Um, we have a very different perspective on sales productivity uh, than than I think anybody else that's out there. We have. 140 sales reps in the building, right. and we're building for them. Right, right. You know, like that. you'll see. You know, you may see things that uh, that exist other places. I mean, there aren't points for originality. There are points for for execution. Right. Um, so, you're not going to see you're not going to see much overlap between us and any one solution okay. uh, at all. Um, you're going to see us play really, really well with Salesforce. We have uh, a a very very close relationship with Salesforce. They invested in us. Okay. We have the best marketing connector uh, on the market for a marketing platform in Salesforce.com. Um, we have a great relationship with Google. Google invested in us, okay. um, and uh, and we and we have a very strong perspective on inbound sales. And uh, we're going to do some some really exciting uh, original things here. Cool. 
Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying with signals, though, is that your guys' approach wasn't to like solve some big problem in the market. It was. I don't know what happened. Oh, he's probably you're probably muted oh, now. There we Google. go. Sorry yeah. about that. Yep. Um. Yeah. Sorry, a little uh, Google troubles today, but. Uh, so it sounds like Signals is a, an, another conversation for you to have with the customers, another tool, another uh, kind of launching point. Is, is that right? Totally. It's a totally new sales process. You know, it's, it's self-serve. You can go in. You can add your buddies from your company on one credit card. You can upgrade, downgrade. Um, they're they're uh, no sales reps at all, um, which, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that's very exciting for us is, you know, how can we deliver very low-cost um, products for people that they can just come and decide they like and buy um, as opposed to our we have a wonderful core model uh, with with great metrics and and you know great product and a great team but this is just really trying something really different it's, it's a little bit more like Dropbox um, in terms of kind of the, the growth and customer acquisition strategy so that's exciting for us as a company you know to, to learn about um, you know what what we would try if we were a startup, which is really what they've asked this team to do. Yeah, that's really awesome, actually, that you were able to do that within HubSpot. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that, how you guys, like, why is Signals not a part of HubSpot proper? Yeah, I mean, I think we would have um, sacrificed a huge opportunity to do uh, a startup within a startup. Um, I think a lot of companies try to do the startup within a startup, and it's all about timing and all about culture, and we had the right time in that um, people were curious enough and supportive enough and, and also felt, you know, felt good about the core model, but also were curious about, hey, you know, how do we become 10x, 100x the size we are? Mm. Um, and so you know, kind of internally, uh, even the core stakeholders in, in, in our, our core model are, uh, are very excited about this. You know, so a lot of the things that you typically would run into um, with friction with a startup within a startup, we just haven't run into. You know, we have a very unique culture, um, and it's an, an uncommon uh, opportunity to do something like this. So the short answer is, you know, we, we did it because we could. We had right. the company to do it. We had the, you know, the um, management gets it, man. They get it, you know. They get it, and, uh, and they say... No, we're gonna we're gonna do the long game here. We're not gonna have our reps sell this um, quite yet, and uh, and we're gonna you know let this team uh, explore as though we were exploring you know as our own startup. It's got to feel nice to be part of uh, a company that lets you do that. I mean, if you know that little bit of autonomy, I'm assuming you guys are getting. I'm I'm really kind of impressed. You know, it's it's been really neat to see uh, everybody band together behind this. So um, how has the adoption been so far? I'm assuming it's out in the wild now, or is it still in beta? Or? Yeah, no, it's out in the wild. We launched it um, on uh, August 20th at the Inbound Conference. Okay. Um, and we have 7,500 companies using it, um, So, and a whole bunch of free users and all kinds of, all kinds of great growth. So, so as a product manager, what's the roadmap looking like for this sucker? Uh just think contacts. Just think, you know, think it's it's all about people. Um, the the first the first version here has focused on reinventing the relationship with your time and your day. So instead of uh, sales rep working a set of to dos, right? I mean, how many times have you gotten a, a follow up from a sales rep? You know, just reminding you. Um, you know, just just reminding you about uh, uh, that that call that we we're trying to set up, right? And you're like, I'm not. 
I'm not trying to set up that call. Um, and instead of that, having a sales rep spend their time, um, you know, responding to people who are coming back to their website, people who are opening their emails and, and, and clicking links and so forth. So the first version is really focusing on reinventing the activity. And the, you're going to see over time that it's really going to focus on reinventing the relationship between people. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, instead of instead of using templated emails, for example, as yeah. a popular yeah. feature in some of the stuff you're talking about, um, you're not going to see us do that. You know, you're going to see us do some things in a very different direction uh, and make a big bet on on, on contact. Wow, this has got my interest peaked. What what is? It, uh, can you give us a little bit more on this one? I mean, no templates. So are we? Are you going to take some of this data and say, hey, you know, Bob, we noticed. You clicked on our link and then have that set up as a template as opposed to just the standard generic? Yeah, it sounds like you're bringing in context rather than having the salespeople do the, the dry, um, you know, cold emails, cold calls. Yeah, it yeah, absolutely. more opportunity to reach, be, build the relationship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are we about at HubSpot? I mean, if you, if you look at the other messages and words and themes and images and patterns from inbound, it's all about people. Our, Contact database drives all of the cool stuff that, that HubSpot offers. Um, it's all about, as you say, context, right? So what, you know, what is the pain that people have? Why are they even here? Um, it's all about the inbound experience. You know, I don't think that an opportunity should be viewed as an opportunity for the sales rep. I think it's an opportunity for the buyer. And, mm -hmm. and it should be viewed that way, right? Um, so mm -hmm. it, in many ways, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to, Kind of rethink, um, rethink some of these things, and and continue down this uh, this lightweight sales enablement uh, kind of space. I like it. I like it. Keeping it lightweight just to get it out there and get people using it. I really dig that a lot. How long did it take to get this first version up? Uh, the first line of code was probably written in March, um, and then we had a kind of a quiet beta. Um, and you know we probably ramped it up to about a thousand active users by the time we did our official launch. Um, so, and I had a kid in the middle of that. So, <laughs> well, congrats on that, man. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. Thanks. So, uh, all right. So, I, I'm assuming you're gonna have these kind of cool uh, contextual hooks coming up here in the next few months. What are you gonna be doing specifically to help promote this and get this further out? Um, that's a great question. I mean, so uh, uh, you saw while we were scrolling through, uh, Mark Roberts wrote the lead article on our new sales blog. Okay. So blog.hubspot.com/sales, I believe it is. Um, and as we continue to build out the the, the sort of um, media tour de force that is the HubSpot blog, you're going to see a lot of sales content. So that's mm -hmm. going to be a big piece of it. Gotcha. Um, and I'll be honest, our our primary growth strategy is uh, is product quality. You know, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's you great. Know, it, it's yeah. the purple cow, man. I mean, if if yeah. there's no reason this thing shouldn't, you know, grow ten percent month over month, uh, just by being as as good as we expect it to be. Right. Um, so that's it. Yeah, the product should yeah. sell itself. Yeah. Yeah. How how are the users responding? I mean, I think it's a beautiful standalone kind of you know, sort of focused purpose uh, application, the the power of what it actually does, letting you know when people open your emails, how, how are the, the users, the salespeople responding to it? They love it. Um, you know, our retention is, is in terms of active users, is, is, is basically 100%. You know, once you get set up with it, um, yeah. we, I guess we only have a couple months of data, but, you know, once, once you've seen notifications and, um, you know, 
you basically don't leave, which is awesome. Yeah, that's uh, and the and the pricing is set up for that, um, okay. and uh, we that's really what we're focused on. So yeah, it seems like people wouldn't be able to go back. It's such a useful yeah, tool oh, yeah. uh, in and of its own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would just change the way that you work every day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we wanted to build something that made um, your browser, and we, it's Chrome only, and we feel pretty passionate about Chrome as a, as a development platform. We don't okay. want to split it across across different browsers. Um, we can make a better product by building a Chrome product than trying to build a, a generic browser plugin. Wow. Um, and uh, and and yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm also curious how uh, the integration with Gmail is going. We ha had a couple issues with Gmail this morning, and Mool and I before the show were talking about their downtime and such. Uh, it's become a huge unstoppable force, right? It's like everyone uses Gmail unless they, you know, they're making the wrong decision if they're using Hotmail or Yahoo or something. Uh, how do you see the future of Gmail as a platform for apps like this and other, you know, just tech in general? I mean, I couldn't live without Gmail. You know, it's it's a fact of life. Um, we're going to continue to make a big bet on on Gmail. Uh, we feel like Gmail is a pretty good product. Um, and, and not something necessarily that we need to rethink and reinvent. So you're probably not going to see us do much other than uh, very lightly change the Gmail experience to, you know, sort of have this, uh, I'm going to date myself here, but, you know, I grew up in, in the 8-bit Nintendo days. You know, it's like Game Genie for, for, uh, for, uh, nice. for Gmail, you know, and Game, game Genie for, for, for the sales rep's life. Um, but you're nice. not going to see us hack Gmail to, you know, have a lot of UI elements and so forth, you're, you're not going to see us do much in, in that regard at all. You're going to see us do a lot with notifications. Gotcha. Um, okay. so, so, so we love Gmail, and, and we think it's awesome. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see all the, all the fallout from, from the sort of tab yeah, design. Yeah, I, I was just going to ask you about exactly. that. Uh, what do you think now that we have an offer, we got the email going out, they're getting the ebook, and now it's hidden behind a promotion tab. What's your feeling behind all this? Um... I, I gotta be careful. You know, the guy who's sitting right right behind me there was was quoted in the Wall Street Journal uh, on this topic. So I, I can't pretend to, to know much about this. Okay. But um, I think people get you know people get super worried about these changes in, in the marketing landscape. And if you write you know if you write good content and you have great email marketing, um, you know look at look at how folks are marketing. You know, doing the inbound thing, HubSpot, Wistia, Help Scout, Price Intelligently. Um, you know, uh, litmus. Uh, you know, if you're creating great content, yeah. so there's some promotions to have. I mean, who cares, right? I mean, it, it's it's really about um, quality and having something to say, and and having the organization to to remember to say it mm. um, is is really what matters. Gotcha. Keep so it. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. So as long as they're high quality content, people will find you in that promotional tabs. At least you'll get those. Opens. They'll find you everywhere, man. They'll find you everywhere. They'll run mm -hmm. into you. You know, they'll follow you on Twitter. They'll do this. They'll do that. They'll find you where they want to find you. That's the whole idea. And if they want to find you in the promotions tab, they'll find you in the promotions tab. If they want to <laughs> find you somewhere else. They'll find you somewhere else. Gotcha. But if you're not, if you're not writing great articles, you know, I mean, you know, Nick Francis and, and his team at Help Scout, they write great content. You got great content. The Wistia, you know, they make amazing videos. Yeah. I open those emails, but my open rate on those emails is 100%. You put them in a promotions tab, the open rate's going to be 100%. Right. Yeah. The, the yeah. great quality trumps all. Yeah. Absolutely. You shouldn't, right. shouldn't worry about too many of the other uh, landscape changes. It's funny. We're going back to the old Mike Cuts uh, or Matt Cuts. Yeah, keep that quality high. And you don't have to worry about SEOing black arts, right? 
I, I don't think so, man. You know, I, I, Tom gave a really great talk. Tom Monahan here gave a really great talk at Inbound about email marketing, which is like face meltingly good. And uh, you know, the first thing is you should write content that's so good that people would miss it and complain if they didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and start there. And so many people just have so much progress to get to toward that point before starting to worry about the promotions tab or Panda or like any of this nonsense, you know? I mean, that stuff matters, right? And if, if that's your full-time job and sure, you know, you're director of marketing operations at a huge company, you got to know all that stuff and know how to kind of react to it. But if you're a founder and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get this app out there? How do I get distribution? How do I get users? How do I get people's credit cards? And that's hard, right. right? I mean, start, start with really getting your message and figuring out the questions people are asking. Mm. Great. I love it. All right. Well, we don't have a ton of time. I just wanted to ask you a couple of last questions. Uh, do you foresee yourself ever leaving HubSpot and creating your own thing? I mean, I know you're pretty comfortable over there, I'm assuming. I think uh, the, the culture here is the culture about learning, and that's really what I'm after. I want, I want to learn as much as I can, and, and this is an amazing place. Um, to, to learn, and the learning curve is, is incredibly steep. I can't imagine it being steeper anywhere else. Mm. And I get to work on customer issues. You know, I get to work on, on delivering value for customers um, as opposed to, you know, pursuing funding or dealing with real estate uh, and, and all the rest of that. So, right. you know, that's kind of where my head is. Gotcha. Well, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, as a, a product manager, uh, in product management, how much? What's your experience with the customers? So you built um, signals. Do you do a lot of customer development beforehand, or you guys kind of had an idea exactly what the product was going to be? Do you go do feedback loops with them afterwards, or what's it look like generally for you? We, built, we I mean, we built an entire product before we built signals. We built an entire product, uh, worked on that with customers, running ads, doing calls, this that, you know, for six weeks to two months. I mean, we have this whole real product. Um, and learned so much, uh, started over, and and kind of did it again, you know, with all of the learnings that, you know, we really needed to start again from scratch and figure out, okay, no, the onboarding's got to be totally different, you know, time to value's got to be totally different, this, that, and the other thing. So a lot of it is, um, you know, trying to do what Apple does that they say you can't do, which is to build several versions of something and then, and then pick the winner. Um, but you can. I mean, you know, hey, you know, making a web app isn't as hard as it used to be. It, you know, it doesn't take you five million dollars to get uh, a decent, you know, a decent experience that you can learn from. Um, so, so th you know, th that's a big part of it. Um, we do all our own support for signals. It goes straight to the engineering team. Um, my cell phone number is in the app. <laughs> nice. You guys really uh, are like a startup. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 it really is like a startup. Yeah, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, several so, hundred you know, people, it's, it's, and they're still like, like putting a cell phone in there. Usually once you get past several hundred people in an employee count, that the cell phones, you know. Yeah, <laughs> if, if management is watching this, uh, I'm, I'll go change it to an 800 number. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, it's been great. You know, it's been great. I mean, you know, our customers call us. We know who they are. We know what they're up to. Um, hey, yeah, you're growing your team in there. That's awesome. How can we help you? This, that. Um, so it's a lot of frontline stuff, a lot of screen sharing with customers. We have space here, you know, so if a customer, had, if it goes beyond even the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, quick back and forth over email, we say let's get on a call and, and just talk and, and hear their experience and so forth. Um, and then also, you know, we have, a, we have 
a, a strong advantage in, in many senses in that upstairs, you know, there's an entire floor full of inside sales reps who are absolutely, without any question, 100% my target customer. Right, right. So there they are, um, right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, I mean, I'll launch a feature just to HubSpot and then walk upstairs and point it out to a couple of people and, and you know, watch over their shoulder. And um, sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's a neat idea, but we position it wrong. Sometimes we kinda on, you know, we're kind of on to it. Um, and uh, so, yeah. You're definitely cool. eating their own dog food uh, over there. We are. We all use it. We have, you know, 550 Signals users out of out of 600 employees. So I got to go find those other 50 people. But. Right. Really. What's up? Get on here. That's great, man. And it also sounds like you got some deep, uh, you know, sort of support from management. So Dermish and all those guys. So it's a great team. Everybody, you know, if if in the words of Dharmesh, if you're ready to do a startup, you want to do a startup and build a company, you know, do it. Um, if you're not, come work at HubSpot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Any uh, any final parting uh, piece of advice for uh, those that are watching, small teams struggling, let's say? JFDI, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. All right. Well, let's say yeah. they are just doing it and they're struggling. What would you tell them then? Uh, maybe they're struggling getting traction. I don't know. Maybe the product's not right. Any thoughts? I mean, it's long. You know, people expect this stuff to happen overnight, and it's uh, it's hard. And look, look at the folks who who put the time in. I mean, look at how long all these people I'm talking about having great content and great products. Local startups, you know, that that aren't 600 employees, but are really just have amazing stuff going for them. Those are those are not folks who started this six months ago. You know what I mean? Nick Francis did not start Help Scout ten weeks ago. Yeah. Chris Savage did not start Wistia last year. Right. You know, it's um, it, you can you can succeed. Uh, timing is everything. So so think about the timing of of uh, of, of your opportunity and um, you know the fact that it that it may take some time for it to for it to really hit. Right. Yep. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah, it's great advice. Um, we we love to hear that you guys have such a culture of learning there. I think that's uh, incredible, and uh, I think it speaks to why you're you're still there after the acquisition, that's where right. so often we find uh, people fail to go do the next exciting thing, but it's obviously uh, saturating you with uh, knowledge and uh, adventure over there. We're here. We're working. If you want to come work with us, email me, Christopher at HubSpot.com, and, and we'll hang. Awesome. That sounds Excellent. great. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been really great hearing your story. Uh, th thanks so much for, th for thinking to have me on and, and uh, inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Great. Absolutely. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you. Bye-bye.